3: The phone number, 317-684-8444 if you'd like to contribute with voicemails. Now, we did play a lot of calls earlier uh, in regards to Momo the Monkey. So if you miss those, just rewind the podcast and you can hear all the fun and frivolity there. It is 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So a lot of talk about the Speaker of the House, House of uh, Representatives, and somebody called in with a suggestion of who they think, People maybe should consider for the next speaker of the House.
4: Hey, good morning, Robin Casey, and all those wonderful BiBC listeners out there in Radio Land. Just a sudden thought uh, with the House situation going on; they need a speaker. Uh, has anybody considered Mike pence's has uh, had me thrown in the ring on that? He was close presidency before, and maybe he can be close presidency again. We'll have at least this time we'll have a little more safe distance. So, just a thought. And one other thing. As one who is grudgingly going to vote for Mr. Jefferson Shreve because I can't see another four years of hogshead, very honestly, Uh, I admire his recent uh, campaign promise he made to help out uh, the animals out there on uh, Belmont Street out on the west side. Uh, I I think it's a safe assumption that we can say that uh, Jefferson Shreve that cat's gone to the dogs.
3: <laughs> okay, so first party talking about Mike Pence being Speaker of the House. Mike Pence and Karen, they're excited to be back in the great state of iowa today so clearly mike pence not giving up on his presidential run at this point
0: well look if someone presents mike pence an opportunity to securely not have to work a real job for the foreseeable future he will probably give it a lot of consideration because he's been at it now for 20 plus years and so i mean the thoughts of him having to actually earn an honest living probably scares the heck out of him so maybe he would give it consideration and if you really think about it I mean, the Republican Party is the party of big government and big spending and big deficits and the military industrial complex and spending your money for other people's kids to fight. I mean, Mike Pence might actually just fit right in as Speaker of the House. That might actually
3: be a good fit for him, huh? Okay, so Mike Pence's former chief of staff, Mark Short, Uh he was on with Jake Tapper on CNN yesterday and he was ripping on Matt Gaetz and saying that the real reason that Matt Gaetz wanted to be in Congress was Uh less about public. Public service oh. and more about the underage aides on Capitol Hill.
0: Oh yeah, so there was an accusation made against Matt Gates that no criminal charges were brought. It was thoroughly investigated. It was found to be without merit. Mm-hmm. In fact, Matt Gates was so adamant about it, he went on Fox. I believe Fox News, if you recall, and said they're going to investigate me for this. This is completely false. Mm-hmm. And he ultimately said, bring it on. Yeah, and ultimately he was found to have no criminal wrongdoing whatsoever. But that seems right in line for someone who worked for Pence to do something like that because that's who Pence and the people around him are. So that that seems about right.
3: Speaking of Fox News, they just announced that Brett Baer is gonna host a televised forum of three candidates for speaker of the House. They're gonna have Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise and also Kevin Hearn will be there. And they're calling this a joint interview, not a debate because of the public interest oh, in this. Okay, <laughs> okay, sure, right. yeah, uh-huh. Okay, we uh, got another phone call. Of course, uh, the Biden administration announcing that they're going to continue to build the wall in Texas. And Donald Trump came out and said, where's my apologies? Somebody called on that.
1: Well, Casey, Kendall, a great Today, um, you know, Trump, he was talking about, uh, he, he'll be awaiting for Biden's apologies. Well, don't hold your breath, Trumpy, because you know that he ain't gonna do nothing, he ain't gonna talk to you, buddy. Oh, no Trump, so, uh, um, but maybe now that he's on a roll with uh, putting up the border, the wall on the border, how about opening up the pipeline up up north there? Well, let's see if he does that. Maybe it'll get so bad that he'll have to open up the pipeline and start pumping our own oil out, you know, and start refining and everything put people back to work in this country.
3: I don't know if he was drinking a long cold ice neck beer with Momo the monkey because Biden is never going to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, the governor of New York has not come out and complained about the price of gas. Mm-hmm. So uh, until that happens, it'll probably stay the status quo.
3: So they're going to finish this uh, portion of the wall in Texas. So does that mean they're going to push more migrants to New Mexico and Arizona
0: (laughs) where those governors are on board? Well, again, keep in mind, they do not actually not want the illegal immigrants to be here. They are, the they being the Democrats, are completely invested in illegal immigration because they believe it will create a generation of reliably Democrat voters dependent upon government service. They are now just between a rock and a hard place because the Republican governors of these border states cracked the code and figured out if we just send them to these liberal states, then the liberals will be forced to push back, which they are. And now, thus, you have parts of the wall once again being completed.
3: OK, another announcement from the Biden administration. Administration, And regardless of what the Supreme Court said, they're going to try to uh, remove some student loan debt, transfer that. Yeah. And somebody called about that. Love the show,
4: like always. Hey, I just wanted to comment on what you guys are talking about, student loans today. And, uh, you know, I in a previous life, I used to be, uh, I guess you could call me a financial advisor but it's a little bit different than that. But anyway, one of the things that I did was help people get out of debt and stuff like that. But I used to discuss to the young younger parents that were just starting out, had a newborn or whatever, to get their kids in a 529 or a Coverdale. Just something that they wouldn't have to, you know, once they got out of college, if they decided to go that route, to have to pay back all that money and you know, while they're trying to get a house where they'd have basically two mortgages. So I've always I've always said that, you know, all along, you know, we need to our our government ran public schools need to teach people need to teach our kids how money works. Instead of teaching kids how to swipe a credit card or write a check or whatever the case, uh, they never teach about get how to get out of debt banks aren't going to teach that because that's how they make their money but anyway i just thought i'd share that with you guys you guys doing a great job love you guys casey
3: rob kevin take care god bless you guys bye okay so he mentioned the 529 and uh, i'm glad to know that that's that's what i did that's what we did for our daughter. So stamp of approval there. But he has a good point about fiscal responsibility and financial literacy in this country.
0: Well, i told the story multiple times about how at my other job, I have a lot of high school kids mm-hmm. that, that work there. And one of the fun things I've started to do with them, and they actually enjoy it now, is going over the back of their checks with mm-hmm. them. The place I work is still nice enough that they actually will print you out a stub with your check. And the fact that you have very at least by grades, you know, which is what we judge people on And our, how, how did you do in school? Well, I don't know. What grade did you get there? Are, you know, in many cases, straight A students who could not decipher a pay stub. That is a total indictment of the public education system. That's pathetic.
3: So you have a side, side hustle,
0: <laughs>
3: a side hustle with a side hustle. All right. Another phone call about the student loan forgiveness program. And they're saying this is Bush's fault.
5: Hi, Robin Casey. This is Joe in Texas again. I'm listening to you talk about student loan forgiveness. Uh, I absolutely side with Casey. My my kids are a little bit older, and I'm a little bit older than both of you. But I remember when old man Bush, that uh, tax and spend Republican, which I can't say that too loudly here in Texas, uh, he decided that we were going to open up student loans and grants to everybody instead of basing it on financial need. And while everybody said, isn't this great? I can borrow money to go to college. Even though I'm stupid and shouldn't be in college But the problem is As soon as he did that The price of college started going up and 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 up. And I can speak to that because I have a son Who graduated I graduated from Purdue in 1985 And I know what it costs I have a son who graduated in 1996 And I know what it costs There wasn't that much of a change Until Bush decided to print a whole bunch of money And give it to people who shouldn't be in college They should be out digging ditches Have a great day
0: Money has meaning. Well, or used to. Let me rephrase that. Money used to have meaning. And when you stop making money have meaning, and he's right, when you just hand money out to people, now whether you say, well, you got to pay it back, that doesn't mean anything to anybody. It's just like, look at when they did it during the housing crisis. What caused the whole housing collapse in 2008? They were giving money to people who had no business getting loans and had no intention or ability, in many cases, to pay it back. And money just stops having meaning. Money money is supposed to be a representation of work. And when it stops being that, you start getting a collapse of whatever industry you've in, injected that unaccountable money into.
3: Okay, uh, back to the speaker of the house. We've got a phone call, another out-of-towner. We had a lot of people calling from out-of-town today, and uh, somebody called in to give a comment about Victoria Spartz.
5: Hi, Robin Casey, this is Indiana Joe in Texas. I'm a, an intermittent, regular listener, and you're ripping and tearing on Victoria Spars this morning. I heard her a little screed on Tony Katz the other day, and she sounded like a whiny little girl who da- whose daddy wouldn't buy her a pony, so she was going to hold her breath. Now, if you could close your eyes and imagine, that was her <laughs> in the Congress saying all the things Matt Gaetz said, and actually living up to some of the things she professes to believe, she'd be a hero of the revolution instead of a whiny little girl trying to please her male masters in the Senate so they'll pat her on the head and promise her that pony. Uh, Just another thing to add, don't feel too bad in Indiana. We have here in Texas, since everything's bigger in Texas, we have our own share of a worthless scumbag politicians. Uh, Google Ken Paxton. Uh, you all have a great day and keep up the good work. Bye.
3: Okay, so she said that if they didn't have a debt commission and figure out where all the money was going, she was going to quit.
0: Yeah. And we don't have a debt commission, and we're not going to figure out where the money's going. She is obnoxious, okay? And that interview, he's right. And we talked about this on air the other day. I listened to an interview she did with Tony. She was, like, unhinged. And this idea that if I don't get my way, I'm going to quit, that you're quitting on the people who elected you. And there's nothing worse than you can do unless you have some health reason than to quit in the middle of your term on people who you made a bargain with. Look, you're probably not going to get your way most of the time if you're a supposed conservative. But all she does is flap her gums, and then when she has an ability to do something about it, like get rid of Kevin McCarthy, what'd she do, Casey? Mm -hmm. She voted to keep Kevin McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Just like when she had an opportunity to stop Kevin McCarthy the first time, what'd she do? She vote present. Mm -hmm. I I find her just—you remember in Dumb and Dumber where they're like, what's the most annoying sound in the world? (coughs) (laughs) That is Victoria Sparks every time she opens her mouth. She is the most annoying sound in the world. She never follows through on stuff. I find, I just, I loathe when I have to, when I'm subjected to her and anything that comes out of her mouth.
3: Okay, now speaking of that interview with Tony Katz, uh, he said something on the air that got you upset um, and you retorted we have two phone calls about this and I'd like to roll them quickly as back-to-back as we can. Yeah, because we
0: got, we got to get to hammer
2: Yeah, we
3: got to get to hammer. Uh, first call somebody's saying that they agree with you Rob, oh. that you were right on this.
2: Yes, a message for Rob Kendall. This is driver Tim again. Rob, you are you are right. The What I had said about Tony Katz is right. Your view on ousting Kevin McCarthy was absolutely right, and I'm sick and tired of those weak need people that can't see it the way that you see it, the way that it truly is. And if Tony Katz can't see that, then he needs to find another place to go because – He he reports that he's a a, a Republican, and I'm telling you, Matt, or not Matt Gates, but uh, Kevin McCarthy is not a Republican. He was a closet Democrat, and if uh, Tony Katz can't see that, can't see that we needed him out because he lied to his own Republican Party, then he's lost, uh, Tony Katz has lost his vision. But, Rob Kendall, you are absolutely right. Thank you.
3: Okay. So a spat between you guys not agreeing. That's fine. You can have a different opinion. Somebody called, and they said they don't like this one bit. They want all of their WIBC people to be friends.
4: Yes, I'm calling in regards to um,
3: Rob's call-out of Tony Katz um, yesterday on there it just seems to me that if you're going to do something like that just needs to be handled between you two
4: not on the air (laughs) just to be a little bit more professional team member those kind of things and then come to the floor with what you guys
5: came up with thanks bye-bye
0: well i look i tony's fine i saw him at a night with wibc i Mm -hmm. went up to him and we had this Casey was there i had this conversation with him directly he said, if you say someone is not conservative who voted for Kevin McCarthy, then you're not a serious person. I laid out that case about what conservatism means to me. The people who voted for Kevin McCarthy didn't represent any of that. I am totally entitled to say you're not a you're not a conservative, and I don't need to find anybody on a street corner. I don't need to get nose-to-nose <laughs> nose with anyone, uh, but that's what we do here. We talk about opinions, and we have a different opinion on this. Yeah,
3: Well, it did not make her feel good, just so you are uh, comforted to know that they, they got along, there were no uh, hands throw, no fisticuffs, still friends on and off the air.